Welcome to the fittest podcast in Oakland, where your favorite coaches talk everything to help make you a better person inside and outside of the gym. Back with another episode. In this episode, we're talking how to make your squat stronger in all the ways you can fix it. So sit back, listen up, learn a lot, and enjoy. Dun dun dun! We have changed studios. You could say this one sparks a fire in us. <laughs> Studio B. Studio B. Studio B. Maybe because Studio A has been stolen? Stolen. Stolen. No. no. Borrowed? Borrowed. Borrowed. Because Studio C <laughs> uh, is, is under uh, repair. Under repair. Are, are under uh, new quality improvements. There you go. Let's, let's go with that. And if, so, so excuse our noise because Studio B is far inferior to Studio A. Yes. Yeah. Yes. On a number of levels. Yeah, so many levels. <laughs> and if you have any idea what we're talking about, you are hopefully laughing very hard at this inside joke right now. <laughs> but back to all of our seriousness today. So I am surprising Robin with this one, so she can't answer what are we talking about today. But what we're going to do is another series and we've done a couple of these series but we're gonna do a new new one today on a how to improve x so we've done this on a pull-up we've done this on a push-up today we're gonna do it on a squat a squat Robin. squats squats yeah so we're gonna help you not only improve your air squat but also your back squat your front squat and maybe even your overhead squat so the first question I have for Robin is which one of the three is her favorite? Um, well, I mean, theoretically, I love the overhead squat. I think it's so beautifully done when right. Um, but I don't really barbell overhead squat anymore. So I guess my current favorite would be the back squat. Fair. Yeah. Fair. But oh my gosh, a, a, a well done overhead squat is pretty, pretty cool. Would you say an overhead barbell squat or a double kettlebell overhead squat? I think the barbell squat is queen, um, but kettlebells are cool. I the, the double kettlebell overhead squat can be very, very pretty when done right. Yes. It's so pretty. So pretty. So pretty. And so weird. And when you know <laughs> how to do it right, the discomfort it causes is <laughs> incredible. And so when I see it done really, really well, I go... Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Um, what about you? Mine's a little different because I've done them all and still enjoy them all. But I am now seeing the benefit from one very, very specifically. It would be the split squat. You didn't give me that as an option. Sorry. 
It has but squat. I hate split squats, so yeah. <laughs> it has squat in the name. I I uh, I value them very much, but ugh. Yeah. yeah, they make my they make my feelings hurt. Yes. But yeah. So I think split squats um and I think it's also in a correlation to my inability to do good pistol squats that I value the split squat. What about a double overhead kettlebell split squat or pistol? That would be really cool. (laughs) I have seen. I have seen some. Well, yeah, there's freaks that can do that stuff. I have seen some people do some very cool things with um, single leg squats and and all of that. I don't think it's quite necessary. I think you could live life without ever doing that. But if you're bored, bored and need to gain your Instagram followers, it might be a good idea. Yeah. So, first things first with the squat. What is it, Robin? How would you describe the squat? I always say it's 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 a functional. It's sit down, stand up. Sit, sit down, down, stand, stand up. up. Yeah, that's that's how I describe it to a newbie. Yep. In my head, it's the can you get up off the toilet? <laughs> wow, you have to go there. <laughs> hey, one, I always talk about poop in a podcast. Yes. So this is checking this my is box. It. Okay. Two, if you're one of these people who are don't have a goal or just motivated to get healthier and fitter version of yourself over the next 10 years or whatever it is around that the best way to stay out of the nursing home is to make sure you can get up off the toilet yeah it's definitely a test and then you don't have to have those like raised up those raised up toilets well i mean that's when you find you find out your family how much your family really loves you when it comes time to help them help you on and off the toilet (laughs) Let me just say, once you're once you're not so cute of a baby anymore, it's not as cute. So. That 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 butt wiping thing doesn't happen not as cool. as as soon as or as much as you would like. All right, so, so sit down, stand up on sorry whatever to my throne, parents, whatever throne were, you choose. If they're listening to this, that I could tell you right now, there there might be a home in your future. Well, if they you can't say get you should marry toilet. someone that if they broke both their arms, you would wipe them. Like that's the true love. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that one. And as someone who's affianced, I mean, I think I'm not going to make you answer that. <laughs> well, okay, we got we to figure out what, what are we talking here? Are we talking like bro- breaking both arms, like six months in a cast? Yeah, like oh, temporary, temporary. Okay, okay. Yeah, temporary. I, I could get through that. But okay. if you, you lose both arms, I, oh God, this is... This no, you is would beautiful. be like, I'm, I'm going to help you get some, some new ones, yep. some bionic ones. We're, we're, we're building auto, auto arms or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So then the biggest thing, if you want to improve your squat... Is your position of your squat. Okay. Right? So what I always tell people is if you can't get into a squat well, you're probably not going to get out of a squat well. Right. So that should make sense. But what the heck does that mean? In my head, it means how well do your hips, knees, and ankles function in certain ranges of motion. So... This is where squats get very, very nuanced. Um, because if you ask any coach, they have an opinion or view on what the squat should be. You, you mean like where you should put your feet and how deep you should flex your hips and all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And where your knees should go. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. You, 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 Anyone listening to this has probably heard multiple opinions. And, <laughs> and being someone who gets bored and scours the internet and is working on trying to find the good in whatever's on the internet. Um, this is something where my eyes open to a lot of things. So there is value in the all the way down, butt on your heels, incredibly deep squat. I'll argue there's also value to the quarter of the way down, 
short squat um, and what that means. It all depends on your goals. I was just going to say the answer is as always, it <laughs> depends. So before you go ridiculing LeBron James for not squatting below parallel, I want you to understand that maybe that quarter squat saves his knees so he can play six more hours of basketball and the quarter squat is all he needs to develop so that he can 360 dunk. Yeah. It and depends on <laughs> it depends on you your body and your goals and so many things. So you know, and we're just saying this to caution you. Like I heard you should always blah 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 when you squat. No. It depends. It depends. Well and then I know a group that is very popular, they squat always toes straight ahead. No yep. matter what your morphology is, they always squat toes straight ahead, and that does limit their depth for some yep. folks. It's yep. it's it's rather interesting. But when you walk through their patterns and what they're trying to, the power they're trying to generate out of their feet, it makes a ton of sense. And I go, huh, okay. Now, Robin probably has an opinion on this, on what she'd like to see. I have an opinion on what I'd like to see from a squat. So I'm gonna ask Robin, if you were picturing your perfect squat, what would it look like? Well, I mean, I did say it depends, but I think there's a couple of things that are the most important. The number one thing is the bracing. Mm -hmm. So it's that we call it neutral spine or flat back or whatever you want to call it. I think that is the most important thing. That's the first thing I look at, right? Anything that can cause you harm. Mm -hmm. um, I think you should go, you know, as deep into your squat as you can while maintaining that nice tight brace and the reason is because I'm a functional girl right I'm not a sport girl I don't play a sport I'm a specializer I want you to get off the lowest toilet if you've ever traveled we're going to boat back to the toilet just for fun you know sometimes you go into a toilet in Rome and there's a hole in the ground and that's your toilet you know so you should be able to squat also you should be able to jungle potty and so I like those functional examples getting off the ground um all of that so you should be as strong as possible and as in as extreme a position as possible. So to me, it's a really nice deep squat with a really good brace. And then, of course, your joints need to be protected. So your knees should be neutral again in a very safe position. And if you've ever done the um, assessment with Ben, you'll know that there are multiple positions that you can get into. But there's usually a superior position that will keep your knees and hips safe. Did I get everything? For you chest up <laughs> chest up. but i mean the if you keep your brace and you get really deep and i think the rest of it kind of takes care of itself huh? yeah so what i like to think of is twofold um i want to take joints through their fullest expression um and what that means is i want to see your knees bend as well as they can exactly i want to see your hips um rotate and flex and extend as well as they can. I want to see your ankles flex and extend as well as they can. Um, and so that's where the nuance or individualism of a squat comes into play. And the best way I describe this to folks is you grab a pole or a very strong object and you go down in the deepest, most active squat you can. And what people start to realize is, oh, wow, this is a whole new level of squatting that I've never felt done or even been a part of before. And it's probably the most perfect squat they can do. So I tell people that's, that's where your flexibility and mobility has the capacity to get you to. That's your potential. Yep. Yeah. 
And then we got to work from where you are to that point in developing the strength and coordination to get into those positions. So this is where I look at how do I get this person to express more through their body in a full leg sense. So like Robin talked about core, we'll get to the bracing and all that. But I look at it also of like, can you get a better expression about your knee with your hips and your ankles? Mm. Um, So this might mean for some of us who have quote unquote bad knees, we take the knees out of the equation and we shift into a different style of squat or we shift into a more vertical shin, less knee driven squat. I'd also argue for some of you as Robin takes a deep, heavy sigh because she's thinking like, no, asshole, you also need to get their knee moving and bending and like working through tendons. That's the other side of it where maybe we need to load that squat such that that knee joint actually gets stressed to a point where you can still own it and control it. Like that's the biggest thing for me. I don't believe in the go just to parallel or go below parallel, blah, blah, blah. I believe in how do I express your joints to the appropriate range of motion for the goal. And if the goal is to get up off the toilet forever, we need to be squatting in a greater range of motion. If the goal is to get my knees healthier, we need to be squatting in a greater range of motion. If the goal is to get my ankles healthier or more flexible, I might need to be squatting in a greater range of motion. Or if the goal is to squat the most weight possible because you're in a sport that defines that, we might squat slightly differently. Mm -hmm. And I want you to understand how you shape those goals around the squat. Because I think some people just go, oh, I need to squat more. Oh, I need to squat more. And they don't realize the fact that they're actually leaving stuff on the table or creating a new hole in the boat um, with their hips, with their knees, and with their ankles. So the big thing is I tell people, one, assess your hips. Can you actually get that knee all towards your chest in a certain manner? Can you bend your knee fully? <laughs> yeah, that's a good, good test. Because a lot of people, well, and is it actually your knee or is it your quad and your hip that are causing that knee to not bend? And are both knees bending the same distance? Exactly. That, that, that's an easy one, obviously. Um, and then are the ankles moving in an adequate range of motion or do you need to assist them? Mm-hmm. And then this also goes to the back side of the bodies. Like, are your hamstrings able to open up and assist you in a greater range of motion? Because what some people don't realize is the fact that your hamstrings are weak actually is what's limiting your squat. That's me. Yeah. Yeah. When when Robin doesn't squat below parallel as well as she can, it's not usually her hips or her knees. It is an inability for the hamstring to engage long enough for her to go deeper. And so Robin's warm-up is going to look a lot different than my warm-up. Where my warm-up, my hamstrings are not the problem. It's my freaking quads and hips. So I got to get my quads and hips to open up and loosen up so I can squat down there deeper. Um, So with that said, the more time you spend figuring out what's going on with your hips, what's going on with your knees, and what's going on with your ankles, and finding the actual problem in a flexibility mobility situation, which I hate to break it to a, a lot of you, it might not be what you think. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you think something hurts. It's not that. And, and I'll caveat that. There are some times. But you'll know that that time has come because someone will have hit you with a hammer in the knee. <laughs> or, or something will be completely busted in the knee. 
I hate to break it to most of you, that's usually not the case, especially when I think of the gentlemen that I know who have squatted with very few ligaments in their knee, do a greater range of motion and a greater depth than most people squat in our gym. So if you're blaming a body part, make sure you look below and above. And I, I believe we will probably get to pain-free and, and owies like later on. Yeah. Yeah. A little bit of that. I mean, we do want the perfect squat is a pain-free squat as well. Right. And we don't want squatting to increase any pain in your body. We want it to decrease. And, and the example, then back to the knees, but a lot of people coming in here, especially in the early days saying, I can't squat past parallel. I have bad knees. I mean, have you heard that? Oh. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. I, probably every week someone says that. Um, and then we find, and of course we don't tell you, no, that's not true. We just show you how it's not true. What? I always. <laughs> or how it might not be the case. And, um, and people will come back and be like, I never thought, never thought I'd be able to squat past parallel. Well, and that's where I look at, um, I do two things with people with that. I do the pole squat, or it assists you way into the bottom, and I have you, or I have you sit on a super low box. Mm -hmm. And I go, you see how you can sit there, and you can sit upright, and you can hold that position and stand up from there. They're like, yeah. I'm like, did that hurt your knees? <laughs> did that, did that hurt? And they go, no. But the moment I do it without the box, it hurts. I go, ah, so it's a loading issue. Mm -hmm. And that's that's the other thing. The other thing I'll caveat to Robin's conversation on pain is. And this is a totally different podcast, which I will stay out of the rabbit hole. Pain and discomfort are two different things. I have a lot of discomfort when I'm warming up my squat. And then when I'm at my heavy squats, they are incredibly uncomfortable to the point where it feels painful. But I also know the moment I'm done, it doesn't hurt anymore. It hurts my feelings. There's a lot of pain in my feelings and discomfort, but it's not that so make sure you're checking in on what that actually means there yep cool all right so of course open up your flexibility and mobility to get you in the right positions so once you've done that you got to look at your strength balance and this is where it's not only as robin said how much your right knee bends versus your left knee but it's also how much your front of your body works versus your back of your body works yep so we'll start with the hips. Do you have any suggestions on how to strengthen your hips, Robin? Split squats, single leg work. Single leg work. Yeah. Um, and the reason single leg work does a really good job of helping your hips is it forces you to stabilize across them. Yeah. And it forces a different pattern where it's sometimes easier to brace or easier to show where that lack is. Yep. So this is where like step-ups come into play and split squats come into play. And lunges. Yep. And you also need to be watching how your hip reacts to things. Like a lot of people think they're bracing in their squat and they're not, so then their hip reacts to that. Because if you're not controlling or stabilizing your pelvis, then voila, you now feel knee pain. Um, the best case I see of this where there is a lack of control of the hips is in two places. The first, I watch you squat and the first thing you do, you brace, you push into whatever belt or thing you're using 
and one of two things happens. You shoot your hips back really, really hard or your brace is on top of your belt. Both create this big curvature of your spine. And that's where Robin was talking about that neutral spine or stable spine. When you see it, you know it. And when you arch it, you know it. Yeah. I can show it. And it's so funny where there have been coaches who are like, oh no, I'm braced, I'm braced. And I show them the video and I go, you see right here. And it's literally within the first three inches of their squat. Pelvis dumps, back arches. I'm like, there's no way you're braced right now. It's exactly like seeing a round back in a deadlift. And I, I've had, all of you have showed me, that person's rounding their back. Do you see that coach? You know, and it's like, it's the exact same thing that we're seeing mm-hmm. when you squat. And that's where like, the couple of things I, I remind people of with the hips is first, make sure you know how to control your lower abs into your hips. So if your pelvis is shifting one way or another, the best way to see it is watch yourself from behind on a split squat, watch yourself from behind on a step up, your butt will go one way or another based on how strong those hips are. And it's because it's looking for balance. Um, and the better you can learn to stabilize through your core and your hips, the better your knees will feel in a squat, the better your ankles and feet will feel in a squat. And your back. And your back. Um, so some, some ways in which to realize that you're not doing this. Um, the first one is if you see your knees cave on a squat. That's where a couple of different things are happening. One, either you're not stabilizing through your, okay, it's all stabilizing through your pelvis. So either you're not bracing, your motor pattern's wrong, or your hips are not strong enough to correlate with the load. Most likely it's the first two for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. Um, because when we fix the first two, it fixes the third. Now there are cases and exceptions to this rule and that's where that third strength piece comes in. But even more so, that's where I go do the single leg stuff. Balance and control on a single leg. Like if you can't hip airplane and you're wondering why your back squat's not going up, it's the hip airplane. That's the hole in the boat. And if you fix the hip airplane, all of a sudden that squat's gonna feel way better. So instead of suffering through heavy back squat sets, suffering through some silly hip airplane warmups, they're <laughs> gonna feel a lot better. So balance out your hips, work on them um, in a strengthening capacity. So look at how to strengthen your hip flexors, how to do some other things around the hips with strengthening. Okay. So right to left. Yep. Are you like Ben Brown, where his right leg is twice as strong as his left leg? Yeah. <laughs> if you are like me and your right to left is not strong, guess what happens? <laughs> you lose power through the squat or generate pain on the weaker side sometimes. Yeah. So my left side will give me pain if I am not fixing my strength there or I'm not correlating things and so it might result in a hip shift where I swing my hips over to the left or swing my hips over to the right to try and control for that but most of the time I'm good enough to not show that and so then it just generates in pain and that's where it's not the day of it's that second third day why is this knee hurting thing (laughs) yeah and so that's something to look at and if you don't know how to test that get a one-on-one scheduled. You should know, but if you don't, there. And if you don't have any idea, 
and you're doing a back squat set or cycle, you might want to look at that to do that. Yeah. Because I know plenty of people who went away from back squatting for months, if not years, and only did single leg squats, split squats, rear foot elevated split squats, pistol work, lunges, walking lunges, step ups. And then they go back to back squatting and they're touching the same numbers they were touching before they took that break. And when you think about it in your head, you go, wait a minute, you haven't squatted in a year and you can still squat the same weight. That's a really, really good sign that your body's healthier for what you need to do. Another way to notice is if you do feel pain the next day or two days later, is it across the board or is it on one side or the other? Mm-hmm. And that's typically a shift of some sort. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is where it can leak into other things too. All right. Front to back. <laughs> the Robin special. Yes. You've heard us say quad dominant so many times. Y'all know who you are. Well, and this shows in a couple different ways. Um, first, if you're a front squatter and actually even if you're a back squatter and you see your body go from very upright to the moment you come out of the bottom of the squat, shift back and almost, as we like to call, stripper butt. Yeah. So your butt shoots up in the air, all of that. Yeah. Most likely, that is an inability to control the backside or utilize the backside of your body. Sometimes it's a positional thing of the front side of your body. Mm-hmm. Like, are you actually pushing through the front of your toes? Are your knees over your toes and things like that? Um, which is a different conversation. But a lot of times it's that backside not working as well as it should. And so it's trying to super compensate for what you're doing. Somewhat folding you over. Yeah. Um, so really check on that. Like compare your back squat to your deadlift. Compare your front squat to your deadlift. You know, and vice versa. Like if your deadlift is 400 pounds, but your squats are around 100 pounds, that's going to tell us something on the front side of the body. Yeah. Which we need to focus on and move about the hips and fix. Um, especially if you have aches and pains in the knees or you suffer from what I'm now seeing is flat ass syndrome. Oh dear. Where there, there's nothing on the backside of your body. Is that a technical? Oh, it's a technical term. Pancake butt. Pancake butt. Um, which then leads to all the disappointments you feel. So (laughs) the way my pants go. Um, no, we want that athletic booty, right? Mm -hmm. And that's where we'll see, you know, the stripper squat, we will see the knees diving in squat. We will see all sorts of little things in the squat that shift about because the backside's not involved. So ways how, in how which do you to fix, fix that? <laughs> yeah. Ways in which to fix that. Um, are you using your butt? Like, and don't tell me, oh, it's not activating, Ben. Mm, I think if you sat down and you stood up today, your butt's activating. Now. Actually, if you're standing at all today, your butt's activating. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's probably not as strong as you'd like. So that's where looking at maybe a low bar back squat position, maybe looking at a um, a deadlift cycle or a single leg RDL cycle to compare front to back. Also looking at the pattern in which you squat. You know, some people are so quad dominant, they actually don't push their hips back and down together. They just go straight down. And sometimes that'll work. I know some Olympic lifters that can do that really well, but oftentimes they're not recruiting the back of their body. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is all nuanced. Um, the other thing is how do you like to lunge? 
Like if you're a forward lunger all the time, you need to do some backward lunges. If you're a backwards lunger all the time, you need to do some forward lunges. And this is also where working one-on-one with a coach, we can start to see like, oh, we need to get your quads firing better. Or, ooh, I can see why your butt's not working here because X and Y is not happening. Um, And that can be really, really important when you're doing that type of stuff. So make sure you're checking in on how is the backside of my body versus the front side of my body. Or just look at the volume in your week. If you are squatting more often than you're hinging or deadlifting, you might wanna flip those for a little while or at least try and balance them out. Because I get it, practicing squatting will make you better at squatting. Mm-hmm. But there's a, there's a point in diminishing returns that I think a lot of people hit and we'll talk later about are you actually recovering from it um, that they miss out where they could actually be building themselves, but because they're doing the same thing every other day, they're not actually building themselves as much as they could. So they're doing all the hard work and they're really trying hard. But if they just did something a little different, they'd do better. Right. You only have so much time in the gym. So let's make it worth your while. Exactly. Um, and this goes to my people. I've had several clients go, I just want a single leg squat when this comes up. Do it. Yeah. (laughs) Like I I have no problem. You are entitled to do it. Of course, double check with the coach because they might see something that you don't see in the day. Maybe they're like, Ooh, no. Cause there's a bunch of single leg stuff coming the next day or in part B do a, do a goblet squat for part A or vice versa in A to B. But there have definitely been very, very strong clients that I have told to single leg squat and only single leg squat, no matter what says on the board you're doing lunges, step-ups, or split squats. And they have gotten way healthier from And it's it. just temporary. I mean, you can go back to back squatting if, if for that example, but it's just to shore up those holes in the boat. Well, and it's where, like, I always remind people, and we'll talk this when we talk CNS and work to rest later. Um, once you learn the technical pieces of the squat, you don't need to keep practicing them all the time. You just need to refresh them. Once you got it, it's just a refresher. And then if it's like, oh, okay, the test is coming, AKA the total in December is coming. Guess what we're gonna do? We're gonna program more two-legged squats. Um, but that doesn't go without looking first at where the holes are in that. So make sure that you're balancing those holes or finding those holes. And if you don't know, ask somebody. Because I guarantee you we can assess it and figure it out real quick. I could probably do it in under half an hour. Cool. Core. Mm. Where's this week, Robin? (laughs) I mean, this is so, so common. This is not a judgment on anybody. I don't think anyone has a strong enough core. I'm just going to put that out there. Unless you're a gymnast. But Mm. if you're walking in the door, it's one of the first things we notice. Isn't it for you? The, like... Oh, go hold a plank, show me your push-up. Uh, squat, get up without, you know, leaning forward. Like, it's it's really it's really common to have a weak core. The lower abs, especially. Mm-hmm. Is that what you were going for? Yeah. I, I will say, I think people have adequate cores at that point. But it's one of those you can always make stronger. Yeah. And when you're starting to look at the problems in your squat, I would argue sometimes it's that over anything else. Um, and this comes back to, do you actually know how to brace? And if you don't, or you don't know how to keep it in a squat, 
you might want to look at that first. Because if you go from brace to unbrace in your squatting pattern, you're losing power. And you're risking injury. Exactly. Yeah. So this is why if anybody's ever gotten in a war with me over belts, this is why. Because belt is a tool, but if you don't use it properly, it doesn't do you any good. Right. And that's that's why I get so upset about belts. Because I watch people put them on and I'm like, that's doing nothing but being a nice fashion accessory. <laughs> And it's, it's twofold. One, they're either the belt's not tight enough or in the right position. Or two, they're braced up and not down. Mm-hmm. And I've seen it all the time. And these are from people who've been around for lots and lots of years. Or people who are very good at squatting and you go, oh my God, they're the best squatters in the gym. Like, I'll say his name because he won't come hunt me down, I don't think. Coach Nate. Yeah. Every time he comes to squat with us, it's a constant reminder for him on how to brace. Yeah. And how to brace better. And every time he does, he goes, shit, Ben, that set was better. Yeah. That felt better. That felt lighter. And it's it's simple repatterning for people on how to squat through that stuff. Well, we don't cover how to use a belt in intros. Yeah. And we don't cover it in co- in teaching movements in class either. Like... If you are using a belt and you've never been instructed on how to use a belt, please come ask us. Don't do that. Um, but it'll be the first thing will be show me your brace, right? Well, and the other side of that is even if you've been taught about it, think about where the hole is in the squat and what the belt actually does. Because I've had people who've been taught, they say they know everything right, and then I ask them what they actually think it does, and they go, oh, it protects my back. No. <laughs> No, it does not. Oh, and it's the, the best way I show this is two ways. One, when we're deadlifting, I go, bend over and tie your shoes with your belt on. And I go, okay. And they bend over. And I'm like, you feel how rounded your back is right now? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, that's how the much. The belt did not stop that from happening. <laughs> now, can it cue and help fix some things? Yes, of course. And that's, that's why they're It's there. a reminder. It's a tactile exactly. reminder. Yeah. The other side of that is if they're squatting and their back is hyper flexed and this big arch. Your back's not rounded, but. <laughs> but it's doing all the work. Yeah. So it's not protected anymore, nor is it transferring the force of your legs. Yeah. Like that is why I harp on the core so, so, so freaking much is because the moment it transfers force for you, the moment you shoot up out of the squat. Yeah. The moment you're you're lifting more weight. it It's why you see farmer carries and yoke walks and walkouts and stuff and powerlifting camps and, and Olympic lifting camps and things like that, rack holds and stuff like that. That's all core development and all stabilization development. And it's overloading the system to make this core stronger. So the first thing I have to remind people of is can you actually brace through the bottom of your abs and maintain that through the squat? And can you feel that? If you can't feel that, we need to fix that. Because that's literally like, that's why a lot of times your hips aren't working right. It's a lot of times why you feel pain in the knee or in the back. I do a simple test on knees and it's, I take your heel to your butt and a lot of people, their hips shift away and or pop off off the floor now some people when i tell them the brace they can actually control that and stop that but if you're not controlling and stopping that in the squat guess what's happening it's shifting and moving and it's leaking power Mm -hmm. and putting pressure on the joints yep so what's the fix so the fix um one 
do some wall breathing and bracing. Go talk to a coach about what it should feel like when you're braced and have them put their hands on you. Because I think that helps a lot of people with the tactileness of like, oh, that's where I'm supposed to be? Yes. Um, do more front squats and ke- double kettlebell front squats and things like that. Marches and holds and things like that. Um, also videotape your squat. If you're a chest forward leaner in an air squat or a front squat, know that that is your core. Mm-hmm. Now, the other caveat to this is remember your core is on the backside of you as well. And if your lats don't turn on in the back squat, the front squat, and I'll even go the overhead squat, you're missing a giant chunk of your core. Yeah. Because it's not interacting between the back and the front. Um, it's why a lot of people get annoyed at me when I change their front rack. Because it's, ooh, if I put your hands in a different position, now your lats turn on. Core literally means the middle. It yes. doesn't mean abs. Yes. And the more you start to learn that of like, oh, it's this center column around my midsection that is super important and how what's above it and below it work depend on it. Yep. That's the change. And we see that all the time. I fixed it a bunch in deadlifts last week. I fixed it a bunch in squats this week probably. So the better you can get with that, the better you'll do at it. So, okay. That's all the strength balance pieces there. What does CNS stand for, Robin? Central Nervous System. <laughs> Did you like my dictionary voice? I loved your dictionary voice. <laughs> for those of you who don't know what that is, that's your ability to deal with shit. Yeah. <laughs> I call it your... Your, uh, your give, nerves. It's your nerves. Yeah. Your give a damn a little yeah, bit. I give a damn. Um, yeah. not, even, not even just your give a damn. It's your uh, I can withstand this. Kind of get your head right. Yeah. Yeah. It's the... It's Robin's mindset or mantra around oh. my, my mind is stronger than my feelings. <laughs> so when the world is on fire and you're in the bottom of your heaviest back squat, does your brain say, nope, we got this shit or no, I don't and collapses apart. We've all been there yeah. and that's okay. Sometimes both. Sometimes both. <laughs> um, and it's where like, this is what I get to with people when I'm yelling at them about not being heavy enough. And they go, well, I had a really stressful day, blah, blah, blah. And I go, I got you. I understand. There should be a mental breakdown on what's happening there and the reaction thereof. So if you're one of those people who comes in a stressing day, it's a shitty day, I can see it on your central nervous system when you actually get to heavy every single time. And if you're like, oh, no, that just felt that way. We're, you got to have to sit down. You got to be breathing heavy. You got to look like someone socked you in the gut a little bit or like that just whooped my butt. So are you saying that if you have had that shitty day and you're super stressed, it's not a reason to go light? Exactly. Got it. I, 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 what I'm saying is your central nervous system will stop you sooner. So instead of thinking it like, oh, I have to spare my central nervous system. It's a, oh, I just have to listen to my central nervous system and I have to get out of my head and into my body. Which will also help your shitty day feel better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I can't say that enough. Yeah. Like, I, it was said best to a client once of, I don't get out of my head when we do X and Y. And I go, you're not going heavy enough. Yeah. And the moment they started going heavy enough with that, it changed their whole mindset around why we weren't doing X and Y. It's why, like, I will change movement pattern When I'm stressed or not able to do something, I will change movement patterns to create a stressor sooner than later. 
So like, I know that if I back squat, it's going to take me a while to get up to this weight. My central nervous system is going to have to warm up to it. It's going to take me some feelings. I can very quickly get there with a step up or a front rack lunge or a split squat much sooner. So when my central nervous system's fried and I know it, I'd listen to that and I change the movement pattern, not the, the loading intensity because that will change the load. It's why we don't do percentages. It's why I also don't do prescribed weights. Yeah. Because it's a feeling. And the more you can wrap your head around that with your nervous system, the better you're going to feel in the gym, the more results you're going to get out of the gym, and the better you'll feel outside of the gym. So give us some tools to do that little check-in. So the first thing I'll tell you is if you don't know what perceived exertion is, you need to get on a bike. Okay. And the reason, and Robin hates this analogy, <laughs> but I love it because we all know on the bike, we, when we're not giving as much as we can. Yes. And you need to go to that dark place on the bike, even if it's just for a little bit to feel that. And once you felt that, you know it. And then it's all about training it. But the other side and the other tool I'll tell you with that in essential nervous is just get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that's why I love the bike. Yeah. It's just an effort thing. Yeah. There's no teaching. There's no technique. There's a little bit of it, but it's so simple that you can get it very quickly. And I can see Very little risk of actual injury. And yeah. And that's the difference. And so like, if it's not feeling like an all out sprint on the bike, when you're in a heavy set of three, when you're done, when you're done, if you're not having to go, Oh my God, my soul is crushed. That's the difference. And I get it. There are days when you don't want to push it. You don't want to do that type of stuff. But if you've never tried it, give it a try. Because I know plenty of people who have very shitty days and they come into the gym and tell me, Ben, all I want to fucking do is get out of my head. Excuse my French, but, and I'm like, cool, go ham. Yeah. Go heavy, pound the rock, whatever you got to do, go. And that's the other thing I tell people is you got got to go. You got to ride the lightning a little bit. (laughs) And I'm going to, I'm going to say that, that, that challenge kind of circles back to the first two things you were talking about position and strength balance if you've dialed those things in then you're safer to do that and to kind of get the most out of your time here Mm -hmm. mentally and physically um you don't want to go ham on an unstable hip right so it's to your benefit to do all those kind of shore up the holes in the boat so that you can push the boat and go as hard as you can well, in, in addition to that, that might be where your central nervous system is at. Like, I can give Robin some split squat, not split squat, split stance RDLs, and she will start throwing things across the gym at me <laughs> because of what it does to her central nervous system and her body. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying is sometimes fixing those things when you've had a shitty day fixes all of that. Yeah. But on the other side of that, I get it where you're like, no, Ben. I am not in the mood to fix shit today. Yeah. I need to break shit today. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, cool, go. Yeah. I'm all for that. Yeah. You just need to find that balance in there. And I think for a lot of us, maybe it's my own fault from beating it out of people and making them want to be better movers and look better when they move and feel better when they move. They're tentative about that. Yeah. So I hate to tell you this, but I'm going to be that broken record of go heavier. Yeah. Try harder. Um, Do better. And- and it's not, it's not that I'm, it's more that I'm very impressed with what you just did. Yeah. I will tell you when I think your squat looks like shit. I have no, everybody knows I have no problem finding things to correct. Right. 
if I'm telling you go heavier, it's because I believe in you. It's a reward. It's I believe in you, and I think I just saw you move. Great. Yeah. Now, if something's off or that, I give you a margin. There's a margin in everything we do, but I'm like, you're in the safety margin. Go. And you can push back and all of that, but understand, like, at the end of the day, Robin and I are your biggest fans. I, I can't say that enough. And if I'm telling you, it's because I believe in you and that you can go. Robin hates it. I do. Because I tell her to go heavier all the damn time. Yeah. And it makes life much more uncomfortable for her. But yeah. sometimes she goes, actually, you know, he's right. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes I get things no, thrown at me. No, you're always right. I just sometimes don't want to hear that. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's okay. And it's that same mind is stronger than you. That's why it's the mantra. Because it's hard. It's hard. I get it. And that's okay. Like, I'm okay with that. Like, th- that is a choice. Just know what choice you're making. Especially when it comes to the central nervous system. The other thing is, to make your central nervous system better, you have to stress it. Yeah. And that's why, go back to our resiliency podcast, go back to the podcast with um, Kristen Gustafson, that we're working that brain. Yep. Whether you like it or not, the gym works that brain. Yep. So get used to it. Okay. All right. Now, how do we fix the brain once we've taxed it? You need to recover, work hard, rest hard. Yes. So this is the biggest thing I can try and help people remember are you actually recovering from the work that you do? I don't have an issue with that, Ben. Sometimes you don't. <laughs> um, I think sometimes you have to stress the system to cause it to recover. That's a different conversation. Can't I just do the recovery? <laughs> also, I will tell people, don't just rely on the device that's on your wrist. Oh. If you're telling me that the Apple Watch said X and I'm Y. I'm feeling attacked right now. I'm going to tell you, great, I'm glad an algorithm tells you how to feel. Do you do the same thing when you talk to your therapist? Well, the, the algorithm, my questionnaire I ta- checked in with you before our session today, told me I felt great. It's like, come on now. <laughs> yeah. We've all fooled systems before. I don't know why I'm crying and sobbing in my car mm-hmm. all by myself. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, and we all need a good cry, so, so make sure you do that. Um, I heard recently that airplanes cause you to cry due to the altitude so if you've ever been on an airplane wondering why you're crying to a certain movie that's really yeah it's fascinating but you're just hypersensitive you're traveling at 500 miles an hour 30,000 feet in a small wood or metal tube yeah no no that's terrifying yes so you don't realize your senses are all up and then you watch some stupid romantic comedy and your tears running down your face for no apparent reason but I just call that PMS. Yes. <laughs> I, I try to use that excuse, but for some reason, nobody believes me when you I say You have a man it. cycle, Ben. Yes. I promise you. <laughs> I probably do. Um, anyway, so what does that Back mean? Back to recovery. Recovery. Um, so first, are you giving body parts and positions a break? So if you're squatting multiple days in a week, is there something in between? Coach it, Nick. Shout out to Coach Nick when he first came here. Well, and he was. And then yeah. he, I like walked him through it. I'm like, do you see how many days of knee flexion you're doing? And he goes, yeah, shit. And I go, what if you just substituted these two days for a, a hinge movement instead of a knee movement? I didn't, and he was like, you know, that's a good idea. Literally like started lifting heavier. Yeah. It was like instantaneously started lifting more just by flipping those. So one, he could attack certain sessions better. Like when it was a squat focused day, he could attack it better because he knew he didn't have to come back the next day and squat. When he developed his power better because he worked the backside of his body. So, so Nick was an Olympic lifting fiend. 
and it was awesome. But when he started playing that game and not just squatting every day, boom, magic happened. Yep. And the biggest sign that this is happening is you start getting the weird aches and pains. Yeah. So this is where your hip hurts naggingly, your knee hurts naggingly, your ankle hurts naggingly, your Achilles hurts naggingly, or your foot hurts naggingly. This is where these tendons and structures start to break down. Especially if you've not really noticed it before. And this is like a new thing. We hear that all the time. Like, this is starting to hurt. Elbows. Like, mm-hmm. we've, you know, and it, it's usually a, there's a reason for it. Exactly. So the better you can pay attention to those things. And this isn't like, oh, I just need to warm this up and get it loose. This is like, nah, this is nagging me the whole day. And even when I'm warming up, it's not getting better. Or it's literally causing you to not do other movements. Yeah. Like if you're substituting stuff elsewhere because of that, you're sacrificing. And I don't care who you are. I see it all the time in the best athletes in the world. When they start to catch on to that and they start to flip that script a little bit, they do way better. And what an easy fix. You don't have to go to your doctor and get special pills or physical therapy or acupuncture or surgery you just need to switch up your program like that's pretty cool you just need to fix your recovery well and understand there's a difference in going to those experts because those experts are going to get you back to your daily activities of living right that's very different than what we do in the gym what we do in the gym is daily activities of interest and there's a big gap between the two of them big gap Because a daily activity of living is getting up off the toilet, getting something out of a cabinet, walking. That's it. Yeah. That's it. And it's not a far walk. It's like from your bed to your desk or your living room. That's it. So be mindful of that and make sure you have someone helping you bridge the gap to your interests around, I want to squat more weight. I want to power clean more weight. I want to snatch more. I want to do da 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 I want to go for this hike with my friends. I want to look better in the mirror. Like those are interests, not living. And specifically the squat, because that's what we're talking about in this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> you want to squat more or you want to, yeah. So you might need to recover more. So make sure your program's right. Talk to somebody. Yeah. Have them look at it. Have and a second opinion. And this is something opinion. we look at for the general programming. So it's you're you're already the majority of the way there because we're already looking out for this in yep. the programming you're going to be doing in group classes. Mm-hmm. And then you just have to be aware of your own personal biases. Yep. Yeah. And understand if you're one of those people who can't come every day or miss days, like check yourself like, "Oh, I'm cherry picking the squat days and not the other days." That might be your sign to to switch that. Now, ways in which to recover better. Sleep more. Sleep more. Just do it. Just sleep more. I don't care what it takes. Sleep more. It fixes everything. Fixes a lot of things. Um, So make sure you're sleeping more. Eat more appropriately. So that might mean eating more. might also mean cutting certain foods out. Like if you know certain certain things inflame you, (laughs) alcohol, whatever it is that you know causes inflammation in you, you know, this is the Tom Brady allergy test. I won't eat strawberries because they cause me inflammation. Whatever that is, figure that out. Because that also will mess with you. But also make sure you're getting enough food. Because if you're not eating enough, this is when the tendons start to break down, things start to break down. So if you're trying to build your squat and lose 10 pounds at the same time, you might want to check that question a little more. 
on which goal you're actually working towards. Mm -hmm. Because you can do both, but you need to be smart about it. Last but certainly not least, warm up and cool down. And I mean like actually be sweating before you touch the barbell if you're squatting. And then actually be taking the five to 10 minutes after class. Stretching, cooling down, calming your breath down. If you have no idea what else to do for calming down, sit and breathe, focused on your breathing for two to five minutes. That's it. That will take you from fight or flight to rest and digest. I try and do it in all my classes. I don't do it every time. But the more you all take advantage of that and do that, you'll be way better off. I mean, you got to check your TikTok anyway and your Instagram feed and your, you might as well do it breathing Mm -hmm. with your legs up the wall. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So we've covered all these holes, talked all these pieces. The last thing I'll give you advice on is do something daily. To make your squat better. Mm-hmm. Do something daily. Okay. Now, you notice we just talked about 19 different things. <laughs> so you can literally change up what you do daily every day. And so part of it might be, hey, I'm going to rest more today. Or, hey, I'm going to do five minutes of little baby yoga and breathing so I feel recovered. Or it might be, hey, I'm going to do the ankle stretches that I worked with Robin on in the warm-up the other day because that helped my ankles feel way better. Or, hey, today's my day. I'm going to go to open gym 30 minutes before class. I'm going to squeeze in, build to a heavy five front squat. You know? Or, ooh, I've been feeling that Ben said I had this weird shift in my hip, so I'm going to do some funky camera angles and watch my squat with a kettlebell. And that type of stuff you can do every day. And you can literally do controlled air squats every day. Mm-hmm. So, so think about it in that manner of like, what little things can I do every day to make myself better? We did this for the pull-up and we did this for the push-up. And it was like, some days were movers. Some days were core work. Some days were creating flexibility about the wrists. Some days were figuring out how to trigger your lats. All of those things can help you. So think about that in your daily activities. And if you don't have any idea what that is, at your next one-on-one check-in, walk through that with a coach. We'll literally walk through, these are what we need to do today. Yep, and this is a great way to start uh, for that uh, test mm-hmm. in December. Mm-hmm. So, if Get you're- started now and PR your squat at the total. It's gonna be great. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Anything else, Robin? No. Get your squat on. Get your squat on. All right, gang. Have fun. Squat a little heavier. And we'll see you in the gym.